Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles, Juan Posada on the buttons, Jimothy over here to my left, guarding the door. He's been a little bit busy this the last couple of weeks with uh, fulfilling orders from the Catholic yeah, Man Show Yeah, we've had store. several, yeah. Thank you, Jim, for all tis, your hard work. Tis the season. For helping us. You're welcome. We, uh, how you doing, Dave? I'm doing good. How you doing? Pretty good. I'm feeling a lot better now that we have our manuscript about to be turned in. Totally. That's... That does... I will tell you, that feels good. That feels good. <laughs> feels good to be done. Now I can get to the other things that I've been putting, putting off. Putting off? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm excited about it, though. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be... Uh, I think they're going to co- go through with it and, and move forward with it. Yeah, no I guarantees. So. I hope so. Uh, with a publisher known that rhymes with presention. Mm-hmm. But we're not allowed to say what the publisher is yet. I don't think presention is a word, first of all. However, it does rhyme with presention. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it rhymes. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so you're not wrong. I'm not wrong in that aspect. Yeah. But the word just doesn't. It's just not a real word. (laughs) But words are hard, and we make up words. Sounds like it's a word at first until you put the shun at the end. Yeah, exactly. Is what I was going for, and I was like, "Well, that doesn't work." And Mm -hmm. oh well, it's okay. I'm rolling with it. It also rhymes with dissension. (laughs) Dissension. Good, good, good. good. Hey, uh, so Luke today he wanted me to say like before we went to bed he goes, "Hey, Dad." Will you please let the people know on the Catholic Man Show Give me what a I shout did out. today? Give me a shout out. I was like, absolutely, bud. I was so proud of him. Today, he served his first Mass at St. Benedict. Yeah. yeah. And it was awesome. He did great. He woke up early. He did, does he know he has to be a priest now? That he, <laughs> like, well, you served them. You, look, he says he says he you ha- served at the altar. You have to be a priest. He said he actually uh, wants to be a priest. He's just very nervous about people looking at him. Yeah, well, he's got to get over that. Yeah, that's right. Or he could be a religious could be, yeah, absolutely. So he got he woke up early this morning, got got ready for mass early. We uh, went through the mass here at home, you know, to make sure that he knew exactly what he was supposed to be doing. We yeah. practiced with the bells because one thing here's here's something one thing I don't like about altar service Let me with guess. bells when you when you go weak when you go weak on the weak bells, on the bells and then you suffocate totally the bells you. and when you suffocate them let them ring let them ring out don't just mm-hmm. ring ring ring. And then, and then I mean, have you down. ever like watched Let a video ring out. of like a what do you call a bell choir? Is it a bell choir? Maybe yeah. you call it a bell choir. And you know they'll like ring it, and then they'll like you they'll know like raise like, it boom, up. Boom. Yeah. And I I think that that's for a reason other than like weird style. I think so. It's like when you ring the bells, you know, like raise it up and let it ring. And you know what? He got compliments on how he rang the bells today. Nice. He was. Intentional. He was reverent the whole time. He had solid prayer hands throughout the perfect hand form. Perfect hand form, form, man. uh, Throughout the whole mass, I was very proud of him. Uh, Someday when Luke listens to this, it's too bad I missed it. I know Uh, we were at the mass of Thanksgiving for Father Leo Morales. Uh, We had two priests ordained uh, yesterday here in the diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma. It was a great day, Father Gabriel, Father Leo. Um, Friday, actually, but yeah. It was not yesterday. That was on, yeah, Friday. It was on Friday. Yes. So Great things happening here in eastern totally. Oklahoma. I got, got you know, two new priest blessings on Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to just talk to them right beforehand. They were just, you know, exactly how you'd want a priest to be. Just could not contain themselves in excitement. Yeah. You get a plenary indulgence. You're eligible for a plen- plenary indulgence for attending the Mass of Thanksgiving. Of a priest who mm-hmm. is a priest's first mass, and I did receive it. 
if you're detached from sin. Yeah, you have to, the thing is, you have to be 100% completely detached. You have to be free of all attachment from sin, and I was. At that moment. Yeah, so. Received it, and then in bar- all, buried myself. In all, yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of the <laughs> of fact that I was. Detached from, yeah. from all sin. Exactly. Well done, dude. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, so anyway, I want to give him a shout out. He, he did a great job. I was very, very uh Way to go, Godson. He did it, yeah. So shout out to you, Luke. Someday when you listen to this, Dad's proud of you. If the internet still exists when you're older. If Christ has not come back right, yeah. by the time you listen to this, Dad is proud of you. That's very awesome. And yeah. he's going to serve uh, mid- Midnight, midnight mass. mass. Midnight Mass this year. Yeah, he is He is all in. He, he is serving Midnight Mass. You're going to hop him up on coffee beforehand? No, I'm not. You know, I served Midnight Mass when I was okay. a kid. It's choice. Uh, and Choices. just broke my neck. During the Holy Mass, yeah. Um, just, at I least, mean, like, I could not stay. You know, you once know, you get at least that people, point, you know, are sympathetic. Because yeah. I, they actually thought, oh, it's cute, you right. know, because he's, anyway. You know, like, there are, there are, like, women in the crowd, like, oh, he's falling asleep. Isn't that cute, honey? Honey. Yeah. Honey, wake up. <laughs> yeah. It's not cute when you do it. Yeah. I actually think. He's I, seven. I, I, yeah. I actually think I fell asleep as you know, offertory is being brought down. So everybody like went went to the front of the altar, and then like I woke up and I was like, ah, and I'm I, supposed like, to be up there. Yeah, so I like ran down there. Anyway, um, I'm really I'm really excited. I mean, I'm just excited to see him so excited. Yeah. About serving at the altar. Yeah. And like taking it very seriously on his own. Like this, that was not something that I really instilled in him as far as um, the desire to. He strives take, to do all things well. He does. Yeah. 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 I, I like that about him. Um, and so I was just really, really impressed wanting to go over it beforehand, wanting to be very intentional, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then taking it seriously, like almost almost militaristic. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, as, as a server, you know. Very manly. Very manly. To I was I was I was very, very happy. So another one of our other new priests here in the diocese is Father Josh Votruba. Mm hmm. Also, he grew, you know, he grew up at at St. Benedict's with us, and I remember watching him serve when he was younger, mm-hmm. and knowing that guy's going to be a priest. Mm-hmm. You could just tell by the reverence with which he served, his uh, his love and dedication for the for the Holy Mass. I pray, I pray that's the you know the yeah. case with Luke as well. He yeah. was, he was me too. Be oh, awesome. hey, also we got to give a shout out to Maria Victoria. Don Juan had a girl. The girl, the girl has has entered into this world. Mom and baby are doing great. Baby is not sleeping very well uh, currently. So Juan is also, kind of breaking his neck right now. He's probably pretty tired. I just want to ask all of our listeners to pre- please pray for Maria Victoria Posada because she's a girl and she has to survive the Posada household. <laughs> and that's like not a guaranteed thing. <laughs> she says challenge accepted. <laughs> So just say a prayer for just her. Just say a prayer you know? for her, yes. Her Bless ba- her heart. My One of my other godsons, Santiago, mm-hmm. he so far has been an excellent big brother for Maria Victoria. A beautiful name, by the way, Juan. Maria mm-hmm. Victoria, Our Lady of Victory. Thank you, thank you. Uh, well done. Mm-hmm. Love the name. So we're drinking Krupnik. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. That's okay. So uh, we, we've is this we've a, had Krupnik on the... This it, is the this 2021 is, edition. Is this a Catholic Mancho tradition as well? Uh, it has become, I mean, yeah, certainly. We've had it like four or five times. I mean, we had it every year. Every year, I think. Yeah. So I think this may be one of the longest traditions outside Maybe. of the ca- camp out uh-huh. that the Catholic Man Show yeah. uh, so vibes in. If, if people aren't familiar with it, uh, Krupnik is a Polish dessert liqueur. Uh, my family, my dad, the men in, in the Niles household have a tradition of making some at least once a year. Mm-hmm. We don't always do it on the same day, but... Um, it's a very, it's so good you, with you Christmas. Do it, you do it in Advent time. It's like typically in the fall. Yeah. When we do it. Um, so, or uh, you have it prepared for Advent time. Yeah. But like. it's not specifically, sometimes we'll do it before Advent, you know? Okay. Um, it's just really good at Christmas because it's got all these spices in it. Mm-hmm. It's it got tastes like, like Christmas. it tastes it like tastes Christmas, like Christmas yeah. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's got like mace, allspice, cloves, cinnamon, vanilla, uh, honey. It's got a lot of honey in it. Orange spices. Yeah, uh, orange peel. Yeah. yeah. So it's really, really good. If you go to Poland and you get it, it's going to be more more on the dessert side. The stuff we make, I I wouldn't call a dessert liqueur. I would call it more of just 
a liqueur, right? It's not quite 40% alcohol, I don't think. So okay. um, that's why it's a liqueur and not it's a liquor. It's funny because it does have a, a, a warmth to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's we it's got Everclear in it. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, we don't know exactly how strong it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know. And when people drink it, they say, oh, that's strong. But really, it's, I think, the all the spices that are in it. It's very... That hit the bold. tongue. It's bold. Yeah, it like, whoa, it kind of knocks you back. It's also really good for clearing the, the, the nasal passages. Very good medicinal purposes. It was uh, first brewed by Benedictine monks in Poland. And during World War... Distilled. Distilled, yeah. It's made. They mm-hmm. they made it first. And in World War One. Uh, World War Two, World War One. They used it for everything. It was sort of like in the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, how the guy uses Windex. He's just using it for everything. That's mm. kind of what they did with this. They would use it as a like disinfectant because it's got honey in it. Oh yeah, it also has a lot of honey. Yeah. Uh, they'd use it as a like to also alcohol an anesthetic, right? I mean, they'd just use it for anything that needed to be done. Yeah. And drinking, cleaning, cleaning wounds, cleaning floors. It's clean. funny to like take a swig of something and then use that same thing to like keep cleaning. <laughs> it's like, did you just drink the cleaner? It's like, yeah, it's yeah, good. It's you should good. try it. It's pretty solid. So anyway, yeah, we just made it oh, about a month ago, and what does it what does the label say? Krupnik, the drink of champions. Last year was uh, Krupnik, the cure. Krupnik 2020, the cure. Yeah. This year is the drink of champions. Yeah. I like it. My dad comes up with it. And there's a, a winged hussar on the label this year. Which I dig. Holy, yeah. yeah. Way to go, anyway. Mr. Niles. All right, so when we get back, we're going to read some poetry. We're going to continue from last week, read some Christmas poetry. We'll be right back. I want to give a big shout-out to Jonathan Conrad over at the Catholic Rural Worker. Jonathan started his ministry with one sole purpose in mind, and that was get quality crafted rosaries into Catholics' hands. And he's been doing it now so well that he has opened up a storefront. He has a brick-and-mortar store. If you go to catholicwoodworker.com, you can check out the whole facility. We're really proud of you, Jonathan. I remember when you first started this whole thing. Uh, we're thankful for your friendship. We're thankful for your uh, willingness to support the Catholic Man Show. If you guys go to catholicwoodworker.com, Use the program, promo code TCMS. You get 10% off all of your purchases. Uh, we just want to thank you, Jonathan, for your uh, love of our mother and the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and all the good work you're doing to grow his kingdom. Cheers. Welcome back to Catholic Answers. I'm Cy Kellett. Thanks for joining us. In studio today, we have Adam Minahan, producer yeah. man Juan Posada. If you have a question, call 1-888-31-TRUTH. That's 1-800-31-TRUTH. You know the phone number. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Another weird place for the Catholic Man Show uh, record book. Yep. I am David Niles. Sa- save that one for Save that one for later. This is the Catholic Man Show. Morning. You're listening to the Catholic Man Show. The Catholic Man Show involves high levels of manliness. If you're anyone in the listening radius is susceptible to high levels of manliness, please be warned. The show will be harmful to your health. Listener discretion advice. Cannot sue us if something happens to you. If you have so, a so last aneurysm. week you, you threw, uh, threw out a, an idea, which I we're thought We're doing. Was good. We're just doing it. We're yeah. doing it. Uh, and that we'll, we'll continue doing this week and next week maybe. The and thing about having your own show you get is that of- you can just do stuff. I had an idea. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So here. Um, so what is the idea again? We have this book. It's uh, at home. Christmas Around the Fire by Ryan N.S. Topping. And it is a delightful book. The first half is all stories. That are all, they're all they short, short stories. stories? They're okay. all short stories. So uh, very um, appropriate length to sit down and read a story real quick. You know, or. With your you family? Know, yeah, in like 10, 15 minutes, right? A nice story, short to uh, start to finish. The second half is essays and poetry. Um, and the essays are also all really good. The first one is Benedict the Sixteenth. Advent calls us to silence. And the last, uh, the last one is also by Benedict the Sixteenth. Epiphany in a secular age. Um, then there's um, like Card- Saint Cardinal Henry Newman. Why do we need the Epiphany? Um, there, there's like the there's Saint Augustine, a Christmas sermon. 
So there's a lot of really great things. And also, those essays are also short. So you could just sit down and, and read them quickly by the fire. Um, and then there's also poetry in here, which is just really nice. I have developed a love for poetry. A palette for po- poetry, yeah, maybe? Yeah, a palette for poetry, I would say, yes. Um, a preference for it, even. I have... Really, my experience, my exposure to poetry is through homeschooling. So, mm-hmm. um, the poet- homeschooling is so hard. It is way harder than what it I thought. It's definitely was. harder than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Um, but po- it's part of. But the, it's worth doing if you can. Yeah, absolutely. It's, if you feel it's also been to really it. great. Yeah. So it's part of the curriculum that we're doing. You know, is that we're memorize that we have the kids memorize poems and poetry, which is really great because when you have company over, it gives them something. Uh, adult to do like they, they want they would like to Participate. perform you know kids they want to like kind of hey look what i can do right and if they don't have anything worth watching the things that they do will be like hey watch this and they twirl right exactly <laughs> so anyway anna um we they, they will <laughs> typically when we have company over at some point they'll each get to do like one or two poems mm-hmm. and also it brings delight to our guests because they know some good poetry right so my experience with poetry is mostly children's poetry. However, I also really like it. Um, so in this book, there's some Christmas poems, which are really, really lovely. Today, we're going to read The Burning Babe by Robert Southwell. So this is a very, very old, a very old poem, because Robert Southwell, he lived from 1561 to 1595. Right through the Reformation. So, yeah. Um, this is... So it's definitely not younger than that. It's at least that old. It's at least at least fifteen sixty one. Right. That's what I'm. No, it's at least fifteen ninety five. He was born. It's probably not fifteen sixty one. If he wrote this poem the year he was born, I will take my hat off to the man. I mean, it was a good poem anyway. But okay, well, let's read it. So this is the burning babe. As I in hoary winter's night stood shivering in the snow, surprised I was with sudden heat which made my heart to glow, and lifting up a fearful eye to view what fire was near, a pretty babe, all burning bright, did in the air appear, who, scorched with excessive heat, such flood of tears did shed, as though his floods should quench his flames, which with his tears were fed. Alas, quoth he, but newly born, in fiery heat I fry, yet none approach to warm their hearts, or feel my fire but I. My faultless breast the furnace is, the fuel wounding thorns. Love is the fire, and sighs the smoke, the ashes shame and scorns. The fuel justice layeth on, and mercy blows the coals. The metal in this furnace wrought are men's defiled souls, for which, as now on fire, I am to work them to their good. So will I melt into a bath to wash them in my blood. With this he vanished out of sight, and swiftly shrunk away, and straight I called unto mind that it was Christmas Day. Mm. So, I thought this is just, when I first heard this poem, I remember it like really striking, striking me, just that, the, you know, here's the babe, and even from the earliest moment, he was, his, his passion mm-hmm. was a part of his life, from the beginning, mm-hmm. which is just very, which is very true. I mean, I think the more you study the life of Christ, his passion um, was part of what fueled his love and desire, right? I mean, that's why he came. Mm-hmm. He didn't come just to check it out. You know, like the right. cross, the cross was his goal. He knew what was going to happen. He came for that. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, just it's just a beautiful image and something I think is worth pondering, which is what good poetry should do. It should give you something to ponder, right? Um, the beauty in the simple, in like regular things, which is my favorite. My favorite thing that poetry does is it takes ordinary things and brings them to light in a beautiful way. Yeah. Is there anything about this poem that you? What was your favorite like thing? The ve- the last sentence. Uh huh. The last sentence was like. Bam. That it was Christmas Day. That it was Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. And I don't know any of the history behind this poem. Um, I don't know 
like if there was something that he was writing about more specifically, but I just really liked it. There's there's a number of other good poems in here, mm-hmm. um, and as I said, as I've had only a very very small exposure to poetry, but the exposure I've had has just been so lovely. Mm-hmm. It's made me recognize, as we kind of talked about last week, the manliness of poetry. Mm-hmm. To have a master, to be able to like master your language, um, that's a, it's a very commanding thing. To have, uh, you know, to be able to take, take these words and to really wield them, mm-hmm. almost like you would wield a sword, you know, or just something else. It, I always kind of grew up, and certainly, yeah, certainly growing up, I thought, oh, poetry is like sissy, you know, like... You think of poets. You don't think of strong, burly men. You mm-hmm. think of soft, you know, men who can't, you know, oh, they could never pull a plow. Right. You know, that's why you're a poet, because you're not good at doing these other things. But I think that's an unfair... Unjust. It's un- Yeah, it's unjust. Even though it might often be the case. I mean, not saying it is, but sure. But that's not, uh, that's not the fair coloring of poetry in general. Yeah, I've also th- uh, often thought about Christmas Eve and St. Joseph, you know, trying to find an inn, you know, somewhere to, to... I mean, could you imagine what's going through St. Joseph's mind at the time of, like, knowing that your wife is about to give birth yeah. and you have nowhere to go mm-hmm. uh, and just how helpless as a man you would feel? Like, you know, your job, your one, like, one of your main jobs in life mm-hmm. is to provide for this woman, you know, to protect her, to serve her, to provide for her. Right. And you're not doing any of them on one of the most important days of her life, you know, your life, her life, the family's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how, how much, I wonder like still last week we talked about peace, you know, I wonder how much, you know, he still had this interior peace, even though there was hat, there had to be, uh, this human anxiety about him, you know, that was happening during sure. that time. Uh, but this this trust in, in the Lord that he would provide at some point, I, I, I don't think I would I'd be as trustworthy. Certainly. I mean, I would have been a wreck. And, you know, you think about the little things. He's going, you know, to from inn to inn. Coming and- back from the inn. Like, think about the second inn, like, that he went to that said, no room for you. Right. And, and the, just I don't demoralizing. Know, you know, Bethlehem was a small town back then. I mean, I don't know what sure. it's like today, but how many inns did they have? I don't know. But for you to go and say like, hey, my wife's about to, she's about to give birth and none of the other men in here are man enough to like give up their spot. Mm-hmm. So a woman can, you know, so this poor young young woman can have shelter for the night, you know, so that we don't freeze and certainly so the baby doesn't freeze out here in the cold on the, the night it's born, right. you know? Like, that That also would outrage me. Yes. That yeah, presumably, yeah, that's a good point. I presumably there's all that. these men inside who consider themselves and call themselves men. Right. And none of you, none of you are man enough to give up your spot so that this poor girl... Because remember, Mary, it's not like she was a full-grown woman, you know, like... It's not like she was 25, even. She's, like, maybe 15, you know, right. like she's very young. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, she's kind of still a young girl. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes it even worse that, you know, not not only is she a woman, she's also like kind of a kid still. In a, right. You know, not certainly they wouldn't have called her that back then, I don't think. But right. It's just, come on. Yeah. I've just thought about that quite a bit uh, in adoration this this last you know week, week and a half. So just recently I was reading the book I've talked about many times, The Life of Mary as Seen by the Mystics. It's just a really, there's a very detailed account of this very scene mm-hmm. of them in Bethlehem, Mary's own resignation to divine providence that, and just her total trust that things will, things will be fine. It'd be tough if you're about to give birth. Right. So. We're going to talk about gratitude this evening. Uh, we'll be right back. Talk about gratitude.
Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Drinking a little crump, uh, Krupnik. I did say crump yeah. that time. I'm telling you. I think you you did. did. Yeah. Thank you for for catching me, catching yeah. that. I actually like Krupnik, Krupnik better. It just sounds kind of cooler, but Krupnik, a Polish liqueur that David Niles Senior, or no, not not Senior. I didn't actually help this this go around because uh, I wasn't like Drew and I weren't able to go be there at the time. So my dad made this one all by himself. As he was listening to it all by himself, yeah, <laughs> crying. There might There's, this one might be a little extra salty. Who knows? Don't want to be. Uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about gratitude this evening. I thought that was I thought it was interesting. So Dave, you threw this at me uh, today. Um, we didn't see each other at Ma- uh, Holy Mass um, this morning, so we didn't get a chance to talk. Uh, you mm-hmm. threw out you wanted to talk about gratitude. What made you decide to go with gratitude today? Well, I was praying, and that's what I felt like we should talk about. But also, um, we talked about peace last week, mm-hmm. and I mentioned, I mentioned one there, like, gratitude is one of the things, the main ingredients for peace. And so I thought, well, let's talk about it. It's also, peace is a very obvious thing to talk about in, in, uh, in Advent. I think gratitude is also. Um, learning gratitude is a, an important part of waiting and preparation. You know, the kind of waiting that we're doing here in Advent is the kind of thing where we should be focusing on things like gratitude mm-hmm. um, so that we can uh, more appropriately, more fully, more completely celebrate the birth of our Lord. With a, with a truly joyful heart, gratitude leads to joy, leads to, pe- leads to peace. Gratitude is one of those things that if you don't have it, you just will not be happy. You just won't be a happy person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost as simple as that, that if you're not grateful then you're going to be unhappy. And it's almost like when you encounter somebody who is grateful, mm-hmm. it takes very little time to realize there's something like, to me, gratitude and evangelization go hand in hand because mm-hmm. there's some, there's that hope that was, that is within you to defend your faith. Like, right. like uh, Peter talks about, um, that it sets you apart from, from, the people, you know, from, from the secular world. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what is it about you mm-hmm. that, that is attractive? And it's besides the, the muscles and the hair and right. everything and the, the beard and everything I mean, those else. People don't even have to question. I mean, they, they see, right. they know right away. Outside of those things. Right. It's, it's they like, wouldn't even ask that question. It's clear that you, you don't take things for granted. You, right. Like you are grateful for what is, you know, for, for the people around you. Yeah. So you gratitude and, is what grounds you in that peace. You know, if you are, rooted in gratitude, then, then you're a, the un- unmovable rock that no matter what winds come, no matter the storm, you know, you, know you, you have now that attitude of recognition. You're grounded in reality, in the reality that everything you have received is a gift. And Christ, in his providence, in his, um, in his goodwill and his love for you, will continue to bestow gifts upon you um, in what's good for you. In, in, Sometimes in, those gifts are crosses. Yeah, and they are. I mean, uh, every cross is a gift, mm-hmm. even though they don't. We don't want them. You know, we don't. They don't feel like gifts at, often. At the time. Um, sure. I mean, that's that's one of the things that sets Our Lady apart. Is that this is what she was? She had perfected was completely resigning her own will. You know, which uh, I'm not going to say it began at the Annunciation, but certainly the, her response to the angel Gabriel at the Annunciation is it a great example of her total resignation of her own will. That, I would say at the moment of her conception. Well, right, but but that her, wasn't... Her, her possibility of giving... like The moment that she had the opportunity to give up her resignation right, see, of her own will... Her own conception wasn't... She she couldn't will her own right, right, conception. The moment right. that she had the, the, the potential... Right. I just picked the Annunciation. It's recorded in Scripture, and... It's a good one. We're all, we're all really familiar with it. Yeah, so it's a good one. So anyway... Um, gratitude, I think it's just really, it's something that you could really talk about anytime. Sure. Um, but, um, we're going to talk about it today. So St. Thomas. Who? Yeah. So there's this guy, um, he lived a long time ago. Uh, he's kind of bald. Um, and he wrote, he wrote some, he wrote a book. He wrote a couple books, but one of them I really recommend. It's called The Summa. Um, and Mm. in there, he talks about gratitude. Um, in several parts. In several parts. Uh, he asks, you know, like he does for a lot of things, 
the same questions, whether gratitude is a um, unique virtue, you know, and he says, yes, it is. But there's a hierarchy of gratitude, no matter what. Um, the hierarchy goes, God. So if I do something good for you, if I give you a gift, you should be thankful to God before you're thankful to me, before you show gratitude to me. And so in this case, gratitude is an action. Okay, so gratitude is not just an attitude in what he's talking about. We're not talking about just an attitude of gratitude. We're actually talking about actions of gratitude. Um, so those actions should be oriented towards God before they're oriented towards me, even though I'm the one who's giving you something. Ultimately, God is the final cause of Sounds very Thomistic. Yes, of what I'm, what I'm doing for you. Then he says, before the benefactor, you should be grateful to your parents who brought you into being. Then, That's great. Still, before, still before the benefactor, and I must admit, I'm not exactly sure what he means by this, but he says, we should be show gratitude towards, or have gratitude for the person that excels in dignity, from whom general favors proceed. So, this is still before the fourth person, which is the benefactor from whom we have received particular and private favors. So, uh, I tried to look into that, and I am just not a, I'm not a Thomist, no matter how much I want to be. So, I'm just not sure what he means. Hmm. But it's on the list. I didn't want to skip it, because he put <laughs> <laughs> he put it in there. So, I was like, well... <laughs> Uh, Thomas, uh, St. Thomas, that was important. Like, I'll put it on the list and just humiliate myself. Don't and, got like, a lot to say I'm about I'm not really that. sure what that means. Like, the person who excels in dignity. Ah, don't we all? I mean, we all have dignity. So, you know. So that goes. That, that gives you something to look. This is homework. You know, if you want to look something up, um, you can go look that up when he talks about gratitude in the Summa. Okay. Okay. Uh, so there's this book uh, that I was I was reading actually not too long ago, and when you said we we're going to talk about uh, gratitude, I was like, "Ooh, I think I'm pretty sure he has something in there." It's called "Learning the Virtues That Lead You to God." It's by Romero Guardini. Is there a partridge in that pear tree? There is a Holy Spirit. I think that is a partridge in the pear tree. It's a Holy Spirit. You know, a partridge is a bird. Yes, I do know that. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, and he talks about how. Uh, gratitude can only uh, be done between persons, like between people. Right. That you can't have gratitude actually towards uh, a company or a place or a thing. Mm -hmm. You can't be. You can't have. Gra you can't express gratitude for that. You can be thankful for that, but you can't express the grat gra gratitude is unique to a uh, to persons. Yeah, that's a that's an important distinction. That the difference between being thankful. And being having gratitude. Now, let, let's say um, you like win a lottery or, you know, something. It's not like somebody says, you know what? Let's give this money to Adam Minahan. You just do it. You do it. You just got lucky and you won. You could still have and should have gratitude to God. So even though, like, you're not having gratitude, you're not expressing gratitude towards the lottery, but you still have are grateful in that, in that moment as you are in every moment, the good or the bad, towards God for all things. Um. So I was just trying to find this in here. Oh, here, here it is. Uh, here, gratitude is possible. So he's talking about like between people, right? And like the 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 giver and the receiver of gratitude, and how mm -hmm. uh, there has to be two people and at least two people involved. And he says here, gratitude is possible, and it becomes the basis for community. Which I thought was hmm. like that line yeah. was very interesting because when you're talking about the hierarchy of gratitude. Uh, you know the basis of community. What else? The basis of the bot, the mystical body of Christ, like being in communion with, with the whole body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so like that that resonated with me when I read that, and I read your no your, your notes for this evening. I thought, oh, that is that's actually really interesting. That uh, gratitude is one of the things that is the foundations within a community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's super important, right? Because if you don't. Uh, the, so gratitude, there's an element of justice. It's a, a sub-virtue of justice. Mm -hmm. um, like what, well, I'll read what Thomas says about it in a second. But if you don't, if you're not repaying, giving to another person what is due them, then it's, you can't really build relationships. You know, uh, if constantly there's a lack of justice, right? If there's injustice, every, you know, across mm -hmm. the community, you're not going to have a community. So 
St. Thomas says that um, gratitude is the, the, that the natural order requires that he who has received a favor should, by repaying the favor, turn to his benefactor according, oh, return to his return to his benefactor according to the mode of each. So of, of each benefactor. Now that doesn't mean it's like, hey, I, I gave you a gift that was worth twenty dollars. You know, you have to give me a gift that's worth twenty dollars, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a gift of twenty dollars is not something that you can do. But your um, your gratitude, like the way that you show thanks for that, should be in proportion to the gift that you have received. So, um, to one who does a small favor for you, a smaller amount of gratitude is owed to him as to one who does a very large favor. So, um, he al- he also goes on to say, do you do you have an obligation to return that gratitude immediately? And the answer is no, um, because if you are too quick. In showing your gratitude, um, not that you can't say thank you right away. I mean, right. Obviously, you should say thank you, but it, it can make it seem like it's a transactional thing. Like, right. Oh, here's here's this. Okay, here you go. Like, you, you do don't, this. You don't actually care. You don't actually appreciate the gift. Right. You're just responding out of like a cold necessity, like the nard dog on the office. Right. You exactly. invite me to the uh, wedding. Boom. RSVP give me a birthday present boom thank you no like mm-hmm. i mean he's just like immediately just because it's like a formulaic response right right instead of a personal response the office analogy with the summa you thought it couldn't be done here we are we'll be right back do you feel like god is calling you to go on a pilgrimage well for the last 34 years select international tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world and you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic, the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. On the struggle bus today, am I? That's okay. The struggle bus, at least you still get somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, you're not a man standing still. You're still a man moving forward, no matter how lame it is. <laughs> We're talking about gratitude, and uh, I'm very thankful to be here, Adam. Yeah. So, um, I've I'm got grateful s- for our conversation. I've got some other things here in my notes. Um, I think that we're going to maybe skip. I want to make sure we get to oh, okay. um, the steps to growing in gratitude. Okay. I talked already about what gratitude is. Um, we also talked a lot of, quite a bit about it off the air just now between segments. So um, make sure to check out our YouTube channel um, to get, you can see that other content or subscribe to the podcast. You can get it there too. Well, not in between segments. Not in between segments. No, not on podcast. Oh, you're holding out on everybody. Well, I do check, not. Check it out on YouTube. Yeah. Go to YouTube. Just do it. Go to, go to the YouTube. So um, I found an article by Catholic Digest on some good suggestions to growing in gratitude. Okay. And then I, I also added some some other ones to the list. Okay. Um, so I thought we could just go through them. Chit-chat about them? Yeah. Okay. Just chat-chit. Okay. So the first one is prayer. If you want to grow in gratitude... <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. It's a mind-blower, but uh, prayer. Okay. Um, this needs, I think, no discussion, really. But Actually, I think it does. But there's a lot you could say about it. I think it I does, actually, because I don't think that that is actually a practical, like, an understanding. Like, it's like, I want to grow in gratitude. Okay, pray. Okay, so I'm going to adoration. What do you mean? Like, how do I grow in gratitude through mm-hmm. that? Uh, so okay. I, I could I hear somebody say, I, I sure. could hear somebody okay. say, like, that doesn't really me- make sense to me. Like, So I think that there's a couple things about that. Like, you said adoration. Let's say you go to adoration, and you do nothing but sit there. You don't pray. Mm-hmm simply being in God's presence in that moment will not leave you unaffected. So if you dedicate time to just going and being there, 
and do nothing. Mm-hmm. What about take naps? I mean, I think if you go there and intentionally take a nap, you're really like limiting yourself, but you will not be unaffected. That's that's what I'm saying is that you will the the net result will not be zero. So funny story when when Luke was first born, when I was a first parent and Luke was not sleeping very well during my lunch break. Yeah. I would go to the Adoration Chapel because I knew I could catch about 45 minutes of sleep. And I was so tired at that point because I was like sleeping hardly at all. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I, I really want to sleep. I'm going to the Adoration Chapel. Yeah. So I, th- I think some people might have a problem with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that's like the going best there on, to go. Going there on purpose to sleep. My intention. I think that in, the, in that moment. In my that, intention was I wanted to sleep, but I thought this is also a bonus to be sleeping in sure. God's presence. You know, they say uh, is it a pr- it's not appropriate to smoke a cigar while you're praying, but it's very appropriate to pray while you're smoking a cigar. Okay, you see, so like, if you have an adoration hour, don't like work on your homework during right. the adoration hour. Right, right. But if you're gonna be doing homework, why not do it in adoration? That's, you know, that, that was kind of the mentality. You know, I like, because I could have just like slept in my car, like you know, just right. So there's, I also, I personally am not offended at, at the notion of you going there to sleep. However, uh, there is an element of, of reverence, you know, right. that is owed. I'm not saying it's the thing to do. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just, I did ha- that. You know, we have to like cover our bases here. Right. So prayer. Prayer is going to help you grow in gratitude, I think, a number of ways. Number one, by directly praying, if, if you want to grow in gratitude, then ask our Lord to, to increase your gratitude. This is a very effective thing to do, okay? Because when you pray for things, especially when you pray for virtues. When you Specific pray for, things. Yeah, when you pray for things that are in line with God's will. And I can 100% assure you, that God desires a greater level of gratitude for you. Mm-hmm. So, praying for it directly. Also, spending more time in prayer, generally speaking, will also teach you, I'm not going to use the phrase attitude of gratitude, but uh, an attitude where you're grateful. <laughs> more grateful than you were before. Um, okay. Just by I think the, the, the point, deepening that relationship with him, right. coming to know him more, and as you come to know him more, you 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 recognize that mm-hmm. uh, everything you have is is, a gift. is because of him. Is everything is gift, right? Right. I, that was the the main thing I wanted to make sure we, we talked about is that asking to be increased in you know in specific virtues, specific things, specific prayers yield better results. So the next thing is surround yourself with people who are grateful for life. I think everybody knows that one person who's like really happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, also, pro life movement. Yeah, most people who are around, you know. Yeah, yeah, like people who are just happy to be alive. You mm-hmm. know, they say, it's another great day to be alive. You know, right. people who just love life, who appreciate life. Mm-hmm. At, the thing is, attitudes in general are contagious. Whether you have an attitude of fill in the blank. Those attitudes are contagious. When you're around other people, they mm-hmm. have a, a tendency of subconsciously and unintentionally even adopting those attitudes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of our natural desire to fit in with one another and uh, like to be a part of a community. We're made for community. We're around people. We want to. We want them to like us. We want you know. It's just it's just a natural thing. So um, if you surround yourself with people who have a grateful attitude, who love life then you will find yourself learning the ways of that attitude and more easily able to adopt them. You can see how they respond in different moments of life, and now you know, oh, hey, if I was, you know, so-and-so, this is, and it just becomes more natural. Uh, Number three is just the idea that materialism fuels our ingratitude. This is the problem with, you know, that we were talking about just a couple weeks ago on when we were talking about Advent traditions and like my struggle with uh, tons of presents with my with, with right. kids. Yeah. Or or for myself. Right. Um, so the suggestion here is to say a prayer before you buy something, say a prayer like, is this something you really need? Is it just something you want? Um, and they also talk about with your own children. And so instead of like if they if they've made some achievement if they've done something good and you're gonna give them a reward instead of buying them more things stuff that's probably gonna end up in the trash in a week you know whatever um, try doing different things like rewarding them with with experiences 
or non-material just spending time with them non-material gifts because right? it's really what they want anyway i mean i think uh if, if it's just spending time i think that they sh- i don't want you don't want your kids to feel like oh i have to like perform to get time with dad and i i don't think that's what you're that's saying that's not what i'm saying right but you know like getting to do something fun together is different from getting to be together so mm-hmm. um i think that's a that's a good suggestion um the the next suggestion was uh, focus on forgiveness. So hmm. if there's someone in your life that you are struggling to forgive, mm-hmm. that is going to turn into, you will find yourself in an struggling with gratitude. Okay. So if there's someone out there who has hurt you and you need to forgive, focus on that because forgiving them will lift a burden off of your soul that's not like gratitude is a light uh it's, your soul is light and able to f- like freely 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 move around. you know what i mean it's like uh nothing's weighing you down when you're grateful so if you have a burden it's tough to be tough to be grateful i thought that was a particularly good suggestion or point that they had on here mm-hmm. um then they talk about worry and anxiety i think this is kind of related um, and they mention here how there's actually direct correlations between screen time and levels of anxiety in most people. Hmm. So if there's if you're someone who is kind of anxious, you know who you are. Um, Hopefully, if you like, know thyself. Right? So sc- just take a look at your life, your day-to-day. Like, how many minutes? What am I doing in my downtime? Am I letting myself be just resting? Or am I, like, pulling at hmm. my phone all the time? You know, like... Right. How, how many how many seconds today did I do nothing? So uh, that's something to, to really think about. Um, then I'm trying to like go through these pretty quickly. So that's the end of their list. I wanted to bring up the point of practicing custody of your language. Do not be a complainer. So if you want to grow in attitude, if you want to grow in gratitude, don't complain. This uh, is something I think that a lot of men still do. I including myself, yeah. like, I complain way well, too much. There's a notion that like, oh, you just got to vent. You know, just right. get it out. That's, that's not true Th- at all. That is a completely false thing. Venting is not good for you. It is bad for you. And I was pondering this and think, I, I kind of realized that there's a type of consummation with your negative attitudes. Okay, like something bad happens to you. It's not your fault that you feel interior, like that maybe you're mad about it. Maybe, maybe someone did something that's like... You know, un- unjust. unjust okay it's not wrong that you feel upset about that okay that's not your fault you didn't choose to feel this way it's just the reality you feel this way however you have to be responsible for your own things that you do choose to do so when you choose to complain mm-hmm. when you choose to like uh, vent about it if you want to call it that it's sort of like a consummation with those negative feelings it's like i'm taking those negative feelings and I'm like making them, I'm now making them part of me by uh, validating them with my own words. Okay, so we need to recognize and have custody of our language as men that I, I understand, like I didn't like that, but I'm not going to complain about it. Right. You know, if there's something that, if, if I need to speak it as a part of like, you know, protecting other people, you know, like whatever, making sure something doesn't happen again. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just going and complaining about it to your wife, to your coworkers, whatever, right? I think about uh, Jesus a lot here, like uh, right before uh, when he's qu- being questioned by Pilate and things like that, and he didn't speak. It had been so easy for him right, to say like, you guys are being unjust. Do you not know who I am? But he didn't speak. Sometimes the most virtuous thing you can do is endure that cross, endure the wrong thing exactly. that's being done to you. Uh, and, and embrace it as a cross. Right. Don't don't defend your own reputation. Right. Uh, I mean, Jesus himself uh, gave us that example. Right. Exactly. So we've got a couple more things, two more things here on the list. We're going to talk about them on the other side of the break. So once again, if you want to hear those, make sure to check out the podcast. Go to YouTube, patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Okay. So the other things that are growing in in, uh, in gratitude, regular confession. I think um, just I was pondering and kind of meditating in my own life. What are the moments where I have felt the most grateful? Is that when I'm walking out of the confessional, 
that's a moment when like, I just laid my sins before the Lord, like like the cre- my Creator, I have offended Thee, like this. I did these things on purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I deserve to die, really, for these things that I have done. And just mercy, right? And just pondering, uh, pondering the mercy of of God. Think about your life. Think about where you've been, um, as you as your own relationship, your own journey. Um, I know for myself, I have periods in my life that are, uh, you know, very sinful, terrible. Yes, um, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So when I think about who I was then, I was so mad at you. <laughs> Yeah, you were there for a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of it, but definitely some of it. Um, but when I just think about the person I was then mm-hmm. and how the, the, the Lord's love for me was no less, uh, even, well, even while I was a sinner, which is today, I'm still a sinner, he still offers me mercy. Mm-hmm. Unlimited mercy, right? If, if only I would come to him. Right. And so just thinking about that, it's like, how do you not have at least some, you know, like, you got to be hitting on the gratitude scale at least a little bit, right? right like, right, at right. least a faint drumming of gratitude, even for, like, the person who's the most distant from God, you know, when you ponder these things, there has to be something in you that is grateful mm-hmm. for a Lord who is like that. Even if you don't believe in him, mm-hmm. just the fact, like, that, the concept of of a God like that has to at least Strike inspire you. you, you know, if you, if you let it. Right. One of the things that uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago was traditions in Advent and things like that. One of the traditions that we have at, at Christmas in, in my family was, is before we sit down and we open presents. Uh, my dad, my dad does the, the Christmas wafer and, and, Oh yeah. And, and does a, a few things. Is that, like a that. Polish tradition? I think it that's is Polish. It yeah. Is. Yeah. But another thing that I, I really uh, think is beautiful is that we stop and let um, my grandmother address the family. Mm-hmm. My grandmother is one of the holiest people that I know. Yeah. So I always enjoy, like, what what is she going to say? This year, uh, I, I sprung it on her. I, like, I, I think she she wasn't prepared. Uh-huh. But it was one of the most beautiful you guys, things. You guys got together already. Yeah, we got together because yeah, we, we have so many uh, fam- right. so much family that we, we did it this weekend. And she she said, you know, something that I've been meditating. On. This is what she said, like like off the cuff, something that um, she just felt like the need to tell the family. She said something that I've been meditating on recently is that if you took all the sin that you've ever done, and you could combine that sin into a ball, and however big that ball is, mm-hmm. and then you you take all the sin from all of your community and then all the state, and then all the country, and then all of the world, and then from all of time, right? and make this ball of sin. And see, and imagine how big that ball would be. The hurt. Think of all the hurt. Right. Just think of all the hurt that you have personally caused. Like, mm-hmm. if you were to, kind of like what you're saying, bring it all of that hurt into one moment, mm-hmm. uh, and like uh, give it to yourself, would you be able to live? Would you survive Right. That one moment, just from your own life, much less from all of time, right? I mean, and like, you're probably not that bad of a guy, you know. Like when you think about some of like the things that have, you know, like have you ever raped and murdered somebody? Probably not, right? You know, like if you have, if you've done that, you're probably not listening to this show. Like it, if you are listening to this show, that's great. Like I'm glad, I'm glad that you are. But Good I mean, I'm just other. saying that, like, you know. No, I'm not doing the whole like I'm not a murderer. I'm not that bad of a. I'm a. Right. That's not what I'm doing. Right. Anyway, I understand. Sorry. So, I'm, I'm also interrupting. No, no, no. That's fine. So she's she's saying like take this into the big ball, and then yeah. she thought she says imagine how massive this would be, mm-hmm. and then know that just one drop of his blood that would drip onto this ball mm-hmm. would have been sufficient for all of us to go to heaven. Yeah. And she said yet. He dropped all of his blood onto this bowl yeah. for us to go to heaven because he loved us so much. And like I was like, wow, that is uh, incredibly beautiful. Like when you bring it into a tangible, like, I don't know, I just thought it was... Sure, uh, that's, a, that's a, a beautiful analogy. And, you know, even without his blood, just the incarnation alone mm-hmm. was an act of humility so great. 
it would have been enough to save an infinite number of universes. The fact that the second person of the Trinity, who is infinite in all of his ways, would confine himself into flesh in, a, in space and time, you know, just that, that is so humiliating mm-hmm. for God that that alone would have been enough to save an infinite number of universes. I think that, you know, we're, we're talking about how gratitude involves personal relations, right? It involves people. And I think within your family, there's a lot of times in, on holidays, it's tough to get together with family members. Maybe some of the family members don't get along very well together. You know, whatever the in- instances where it may cause anxiety or stress. Yeah. Well, that's because you're, never mind. Um, uh, one of the things that I think a beautiful tradition that you know my family has, and I think that it, it would be um, advantageous to at least consider it for your own family, even if you don't necessarily agree with the elder members in your family. Yeah, uh, show the virtue of piety and give them the floor to address the family. Sure. Even if yeah. you don't, even if you don't necessarily agree, maybe or see eye to eye with grandma, grandpa, whatever it is, uh, but giving them that honor uh, and that reverence of, you know. Um, Grandma, Grandpa, whoever, you know, you guys uh, have wisdom that maybe we don't have, and I want to give you the floor to address our family. Yeah, and, I think, and maybe don't, like, put them on the spot in front of everybody. No, I would give them, I would give them a heads up. Right. But, uh, but I think that, you know, uh, showing that reverence to, to, to the elders of your family is something that we have lost a, a tradition of uh-huh, w- within sure. the modern age. And I think that that's something that uh, when we're talking about how do you build up gratitude, how do you build up... Uh, gratitude even within your own family, showing the reverence and the piety of, uh, uh, and the reverence of of the of the elders, um, and being grateful for them, and being grateful for them being part of the family, and sh- and letting them know that you're grateful for being in the family, mm-hmm. um, is very important. I think Thomas Aquinas would agree with you. Piety is number two on the hierarchy of gratitude. Okay. God, parents. Parents. Yeah. People who excel he, in dignity. He, he rips off my stuff and all it, he the does time. that to me too. Like right. Thomas, you know that was mine. That was you know I said that first. Anyway. Dude, if we if by the grace of God we get into heaven, like the first thing Thomas is gonna do, he's gonna walk up to us, slap us on the face, he's and be like, f- You know that was my stuff. He's gonna float over to now, us. Now hey, float, float over, over here. here. Slap us and then give us a hug. You deserve that out of just justice. You deserve that. You know that's if not true. If he does, when he slaps us, it'll feel so good. <laughs> like, at that point, we're in heaven. Like, justice, so, justice. Just feels right. It just, we would rejoice in it. Right. Like, he'll be floating down from his... Up- yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's, de- <laughs> oh, yeah. he's descending to slap us, like, no doubt. And then he'll float away. Float away. I have... Float I'm going to go back to my box seats, okay? Right. Like, <laughs> Look at the cheap seats. Sh- right. You guys seats. way down here... <laughs> And I would be happy. Be like the opposite of the nose. I just want to be but... exactly where the Lord wants me to be. Yeah. In the hierarchy of heaven. So the the only other thing I have here on the on on the list is memento mori to remember your death. Um, and just because when you when you put things in context, uh, like so often when I get upset, something happens to me that I feel like I deserve better than this, mm-hmm. um, or you know, like as if I'm so important. You know, you can't treat me this way, that sort of thing. It's because I am forgetting to remember my death and how, at my judgment, will this matter? I mean, Probably how, not. how many times have we all stressed out about stuff? And maybe it's not like someone did something wrong to you, but you're just anxious or like, you know, worried about getting something done on time or, you know, like you should try to do things on time, but whatever it is, at your, at, at your judgment, how much is this going to matter? And, mm-hmm. you know, here you are stressing out about it and losing these virtues. You know, you're, you're kind of letting go of these virtues of gratitude and, and other virtues because of whatever, right? And so remembering your death puts things in context. In perspective. Right. Um, and it helps you be grateful for everything. You know, even the trials. So... That's especially important for me when you when you when you're bearing a cross of some kind. Those are the moments when I tend to like, as if I'm being treated treated poorly. The Bible tells us that blessed blessed is the man who receives the discipline of the Lord. You know because that's a sign that He loves you. Um, so those are actually moments that we should be especially thankful for. If you have no crosses, 
in your life, then how are you supposed to grow in virtue, right? Those are the, the that's like the the trial by fire, the refining fire that turns you into a better, pure, stronger man, right? Um, so for me, that's just especially helpful because I will, I mean, I, I do tend to complain when stuff bad happens to me, mm-hmm. you know, even though I put that on the list. That's why I put it on the list because I'm just thinking and critiquing my own self here. Right. Which we, which is pretty much what this whole show is about. It's like looking through like how we are not good at things and be like, we should talk about that. Yeah. Because I'm really bad at it. Right. <laughs> I have I have firsthand experience about how bad this is. I know that's important because I've had to confess it many times. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll continue. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I mean, there's, we just have so much to be thankful for. It's Advent. Uh, and maybe, actually, when you're listening to this, maybe it's already Christmas. And in that case, we have... An immense amount of things, you know, infinitely more to be thankful for. The birth of our Lord. I mean, that's uh, the, the mystery of, of Christmas, of the Incarnation, is the greatest mystery that we will ponder. You know, I don't know what else to say about it. You know, that it's, it's, it's just incredible. It's amazing and awesome. If you're looking for a book to read on this, uh, Joy to the World by Dr. Scott Hahn, is a phenomenal book. Uh, also, uh, Pope Benedict's Jesus of Nazareth, the Infancy uh, narrative, is really, really good as well. Yeah. So those are two books that if you're looking... Um, I have not read that one, but I've listened, everybody says it's great. I've listened to some of it, and it was very hard to listen to because it was... I've only read that's, one. That's my, my advent read for this year is... The, the Infancy narrative. narrative. How's it going? Yes. Oh, that, you showed me that. It's actually not as long. It's uh, not that long. It's not as long as the other one. No. Yeah, the Jesus of Nazareth or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I I have read one, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth book. It was Introduction to Christianity. to Christianity. That's a big book. It was big, and I uh, slogged through it as like I'm reading it. I'm just gonna keep reading. There were many days when I would be up early, in, you know, like five thirty in the morning reading this book like kind of falling asleep, you know, like, what did I just read? I don't know, just keep going. Right. <laughs> you know, like, I made it through. I got some. It's good. I, mean, I didn't get nothing. It's good. It's kind of like me sleeping in adoration. Yeah, you didn't get nothing. That's right. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> All right, Juan. I think we're good. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Uh, we can talk about the other thing that I was going to mention, which is kind of a little bit off topic, but is, is part of gratitude. Um, I was reading in um, some Francis de Sales' Introduction to the Devout Life today. I love that book. It's a good one, I will tell you. Um, And so he was talking about, this is slightly related, which is why I put it in here and why I skipped over it, because it's not like totally on topic, but how, how to live a life of poverty while having riches. Um, And just about adopting this attitude of poverty um, which is a very, very hard thing to do. Um, but he, he draws out this analogy of having poison is not the same thing as being poisoned. So you can have riches without having this spirit of riches. Um, where you're like in the world, right? Where you care about what, you know, what, what your heart is set on these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of related, you know, like if you're, a, if you have this gratitude for, you know, if you view everything as this gift from God, then you won't have that prideful notion of like, this money is mine. I earned it. I'm using it for what I want. You know, like I want to build up myself, right? Because this, the grateful person doesn't think that. They think I have received this gift. I have a, um, a duty. In fact, like the more wealth I have, the more a cross I bear, because now I have more of a responsibility to use it prudently and for the good, you know, like, so for the person who's detached from their own wealth, the, their wealth is a burden. And they view it as like, now I have to really make sure I do the right thing because like, at my judgment, you know, like uh, the parable that Christ tell, tells where he gave 10 talents to the, 
to one, five talents to another, and one talent to the other, to the third. And the, the guy who got one, he buried it, right? And, and he's judged accordingly. So It wasn't a good judgment. No, it was not. Even what he had was taken away. Right. Um, I just thought that was just a great analogy. I'd never really think about with the poison. It's one thing. It's, there's a difference between, between having, having poison, poison and being poisoned. That kind of made it click for me. I just wanted I, like to, I, I put it in the notes. I just wanted to mention it before we go. So anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Christ is born. Alleluia. Uh, just, you know, like, uh, offer up a prayer for us, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah. Why do we not ask that I more? Would, I, would, I would be so grateful if you would offer up a prayer for Adam and I and for our families, for Juan and Jim and everybody who, who helps us here at the Catholic Man Show, for all of our supporters who really do make a difference for the show. Um, we have a lot to be grateful for just here at the Catholic Man Show, much less in our own personal lives, but just right. our work here. So thank you. Um, we're going to take Christmas off, rerun. Rerun next week. But it, we'll pick a good one. So anyway, Merry Christmas. See you later. Merry Christmas.